All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Bloom Naughty Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Bond. Joined alongside me, as always, Seth Varnador. And a special treat tonight as Mr. Under, uh, was it USF alumni underscore USF? Did I nail that? I butchered it. Yeah, I go by several names, so it's, it can be confusing. <laughs> yeah. A man uh, of many USF names. recruiting news specialist, uh, newest addition to uh, the TDS umbrella, Mr. Sean Havens has joined us this evening because, well, frankly, it's like Christmas Eve all over again. It's Christmas Eve 2.0, folks. It's the night before National Signing Day. Not a single thing was stirring, not even a mouse. Not even a bag, man. Not well. Actually, the bag, they probably are stirring. The, the, the to be fair, the bagmen are always stirring. Let's be real here, <laughs> Seth. Uh, but we've got a lot to get into. Um, since, man, even since we talked last week, we've had some commits, some big time commits, an actual literal giant commit. It seems like the, uh, at six eight, three hundred and thirty pounds. Homeboy is massive. We'll get into that. But uh, Sean, first time on the podcast. Tell yeah. us about yourself. Tell us about your. Uh, your USF background. Okay. What what made you pick USF? Uh, I know I'm putting you on the spot. We uh, we did a little show prep, and yep. I held that I held that from you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I had kind of a weird journey. Um. I went to UCF when I was a freshman. Um. They didn't have the major that I liked. Um. That I eventually went into. Um. So I went to a community college down in Venice. Um, State College of Florida. Um, I went there for a year, got my AA, and then uh, went to uh, USF for three years after that. Um, and I was able to graduate then. And then I've been just doing USF stuff since then. So that's pretty much it. State College of Florida, powerhouse JUCO baseball program <laughs> right there. Manatees. Yeah, they, yep. get, they get some flamethrowers out of there. Definitely a pitching uh, hotbed down there for sure. Well, I appreciate you uh, joining joining us, joining the team. I think everybody who's uh, been in the Discord, um, if you haven't, make sure you follow us on Twitch, and then you can get an invite. Send us a screenshot of the the that you follow us on Twitch, and you get invited to the Discord. Because frankly, literally, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, literally, no one else is doing what we're doing right now in the lead up to signing day, and I can I promise you that the amount of information that we've passed out in the last 48 hours is more than most everybody and i'm being nice has uh reported and or done uh regarding uh national signing day so it's well worth it it's free it's three it's free through uh the start of fall camp so get in figure out if you like it or not and then we'll go from there um but it's been it's been a lot of fun there's over 100 people already in the discord um Sean, let's let's jump into it. We've got some recent commits. I, I do want to start with uh, probably the the latest, I guess, commit slash recommit. Um, twenty twenty four quarterback Marcellus Tate uh, reaffirmed uh, mm-hmm. probably a couple of hours ago at this point. Uh, yesterday, if you're listening to it on Wednesday, um, that he is ten thousand percent locked in with USF. He is not going anywhere. He's not even going to entertain any other any other offers. He's excited for his senior year of football and getting ready to play the college game. That's pretty ma- that's a pretty massive commitment. Knowing that Travis Trickett over at Coastal was trying to trying to get him to flip pretty hard over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think that was obviously the biggest competitor 
you know, he, he knew his system. I'm sure um, that he was mostly recruited by him, obviously by the, the, the uh, quarterback coach. Um, but I, I had a feeling that when he was committed so early on, like he was, that it was because he was committed to the school. Um, you know, obviously that isn't really a thing as much as it used to be. It's kind of more about relationships nowadays. Um, but it, it does seem like, especially that early on, if they were able to, um, to accept his commitment and, you know, with the previous staff, how they're always saying, you know, you can only commit if you completely shut it all down. Seemed like he did that until the new staff came in. He opened it up a little bit, um, got a couple offers, FAU, Coastal, that kind of stuff. Um, but it seems like he's, he's pretty confident with the new staff that they have. Um, so he just decided to lock it down, which is obviously good to get, you know, your main recruiter this early on. Um, I, I'm sure he's been talking to the, um, the 23 guys and the 24 guys that they've been going after. So, I mean, I, I think it's, it's definitely a good starting point for the next class. So. I was going to say this is what Jeff Scott always dreamed of a guy that would commit and then shut down the process. Yeah. Just a, it's like a, the, the monkey's paw curls. He finally yeah. got his wish. <laughs> exactly. Except now he's out of the job and, um, Oh man. Uh, Poor kid. Uh, anyway, uh, we kind of we talked about it last week, Seth. Uh, you, myself, and, and Steve, kind of about what the process would kind of look like as a, a new quarterback. <clears throat> you have a quarterback committed. It's a little bit different than any of the other positions because you want to feel comfortable in the system that's going to be coming in. As as uh, you know, the staff that recruited you gets fired and let go. It seems like both parties very much okay with what they have uh, in each other. I think that the tape kind of speaks for itself. I think he's a very talented quarterback. Um, I'm excited to see what it looks like. The quarterback room looks so much more impressive than it did even a year and a half ago at this point. Um, what, uh, to be fair, what Jeff Scott was able to do with, I mean, I think, I think we could all agree. Byron Brown looks like a, a star in the making. Uh, Gary Bohannon, whenever he comes back fully healthy, he was he was really starting to turn it on uh, prior to that injury uh, against Tulane. The quarterback room looks good. I think there'll be some processing out of some quarterbacks uh, in the future. We'll figure out if Trey Marsh will ever play again. I mean, neck surgery is nothing to joke at. He's got his whole life to think about uh, going forward. So that's going to be something to watch in the spring and fall. But uh, at least at the quarterback position, guys, I'll let you – Way in, it seems like they're they're steady and they're really comfortable in what their process is going to look like recruiting quarterbacks going into the future. Yeah, I think it's a it's a really quarterback friendly system, and obviously, guys looking back at the past few quarterbacks that have been in the system have put up huge numbers. So when when you kind of get to see that, and then you can see kind of the the talent they've been able to attract a little bit of the skill positions, and we'll talk about some of those guys. Um, that are going to sign up uh, and really the emphasis they put on recruiting offense, I think as a quarterback, you'd, you'd have to be pretty excited. And then now you've got the added element of your quarterback coach was Brock Purdy's quarterback coach. So now you've got like this added little element kind of fresh in people's minds of, Hey, look at this guy. He wasn't super talented. Look how well he's playing in the NFL. I mean, San Francisco probably thinks if they kept him healthy, they might be going to the Super Bowl. So uh, for where he was drafted, 
and kind of his recruiting profile to have that guy as the coach is probably a, another feather in their cap. So you got Golish who has this great offense. It, Gordon, who's been able to do some things as a position coach, I think it adds it to a recipe of being pretty desirable for quarterbacks. And I think you kind of see that, by the way, you got a 2024 already locking themselves in. Yeah. So I wanted to go back. Um, I was watching, I think it was a couple pods ago where you guys had the depth chart with the quarterbacks that I, I wrote up real quick. Um, I had, I had Bohannon as the starter. Um, I do think that Brown probably looks like the best quarterback just out of what we saw from him. But, you know, you're still comparing a, a senior that's played at Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, you know, against a, a freshman that no one had tape on. You know, I think it I think it'll be a lot closer than most people think. And um, just seeing him, you know, at the, the IPF unveiling, you know, he's the first guy up there to speak. I think I think they'll like that seeing that from him. And uh, I, I still I think until we see Byram beat him out, I, I still have him as the starter. But obviously you like the depth in that room. You know, you've had um, you have uh, Brace Archie right from Coastal. He's coming in. He has some experience. You have Marsh with experience. You know, you have several guys with experience. Plus you have, you know, hopefully a couple of freshmen in there that you can build up. <clears throat> well, Nathan, I got to ask you, how many of these guys would have started in 2020? All, all of them. I think Ryan Boldick would have started in 2020 at this point. Ooh, I mean, we got, at least a shot. <laughs> we got one game and for sure. I mean, good Lord. I mean, even I think at some point in 2019, both uh, uh, those, la- those, you know, the final year, Charlie strong uh, toward the end of the year. And then 2020, it was a complete catastrophe at the quarterback position, um, I would have felt so much more comfortable with any of these guys starting than the people that actually played in 2019 or 2020. So uh, that's a, we're in a step in the right direction. And Sean, you mentioned, you know, there could be some, some guys at the quarterback position coming in for the 2023 class. Let's jump into it. We've we're you know, 12 hours away from, uh, you know, National Signing Day kicking off. I think the first uh, guy who announced that USF may be on the radar, I think he's announcing at nine thirty. Um, where, where, what are you, what are you expecting for for tomorrow? And I will kind of, kind of go through, you know, list them off who who you think's uh, committable, <laughs> and then we'll kind of go. We'll get your confidence ranking. Do we want to go through? Do it. we want to go through uh, the two guys that we're pretty sure committed that aren't going to be scholarship guys for sure? You want to go th- through them first before we get to tomorrow? Or you want to get right into signing day? Yeah, we can oh. do both. Yeah, let's, yeah, yeah absolutely. So let's get of, the, the guys who know, actually committed um, first. So the guys that have committed, obviously, it kind of is confusing with this staff as far as preferred walk-ons versus actual scholarship guys. Wow. Like you have the kicker, Ippolito, however you say that. Um He's a kicker. He did receive an offer, so you would think that he is probably on scholarship. Usually what me, me and Steve look for is the edit, the committed edit. That's a good sign that they probably are on scholarship. because you're, you're using one of your staffers to create this edit. 
you know, you don't usually see that for someone that's coming in as a walk on. Um, so you have him, you have the tight ends, Gerard Edimo out of uh, Texas. Um, I think he, he looks like a tight end. I know um, some people have talked about possibly putting him on the defensive line. Um, but I'll if you throw wanna, some Edimo while you talk. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a long – he's a long limb. You can tell he's got long arms, pretty athletic dude. Um, I, I, the, the, I saw that on as well on Instagram. Somebody called him a D-lineman. He's only got tight end stuff, but he's got one of those bodies that, like, if you told me you're going to turn him into an edge, I'd say, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, like a Chris you, Carter type. You can see he's got long, long arms, uh, blocks well. Um pretty good athlete and he's listed at what six five two fifteen something like that mm-hmm. yeah so yep. yeah here's a look at him uh interesting guy i think he's only played football for two years is what i read about him so he's pretty raw pretty new to the game but you know what is he kind of you think it was between him and that kid from kansas is that what it seems like to you it seemed like so... to you or is one kind of in place of the other yeah, so they did have um, Dunbar. I'm guessing that's who you're referring yeah. to, that Aquan Dunbar. Yeah, I feel like it was probably an either-or. Um, it's kind of like a longer wide receiver slash tight ends. Um, probably move them around a little bit. But it seems like they're similar players. Um, and I guess they just went after whichever one they can they could get on board. Yeah, I, I like <clears throat> this kid. Uh, they moved him around. You'll see him in line. You'll see him flexed out. He's definitely got some flexibility and uh, some athletic ability. And if he's only played two years, and he's really sc- scratching the surface probably. So um, going back and looking at Dunbar, he was probably a little bit quicker, but not by a ton. I didn't think Dunbar was a burner by any means. So mm-hmm. uh, I thought these two were definitely kind of maybe looking in, in the same mold here. And then the the next big commit was, I mean, a really big commit, right? Uh, yeah, Drew Perez. Drew Perez. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about him for a second. I'll get his highlights. Yeah, today. so on uh, 247, I believe, they have him as 6'8", 330. <laughs> um, he, so he was a Colorado commit. Um, he had committed to the tight ends coach that came to USF. Um so he was committed there. Obviously, they had the huge change um, when they brought in um, their new staff. Um, so it seems like he kind of got processed out along with the tight end coach. Um, so, which is obviously kind of unique because he isn't a tight end. Um, but he was recruited by the tight end coach, and he kind of it seemed like he followed him over here. Um, so they obviously must have a good relationship um, from their time that they were together um, where he's committed at Colorado. Yeah, he, he uh, was a, a casualty of Coach Prime, and he plays at a really, really prestigious program in Texas, South Lake Carroll. I think they've won eight or nine state championships, a bunch of them kind of in the 2000s. This is where I think – I think Trace Daniel went here, Greg McElroy. They had like a run of quarterbacks. 
I yeah, they've always had a really good quarterbacks out that there. Where D one, where it's like almost every year they're spitting out a D one quarterback, or like five or six in a row, all ended up being power five quarterbacks. So, yeah, definitely a prestigious program. So, anytime you can get somebody from there and kind of establish a pipeline, it's great. But I mean, you can see him; the, the dude is massive. Yeah, yeah, he is. So that relationship was with uh, Pat. Was it Clay Patterson? Is yeah, that Clay the type? Patterson. Mm-hmm. So you were able to carry that over, and it, but it was, it wasn't like. He was. It wasn't like he just followed him right away. He he got a mm-hmm. ton of interest, didn't he? After kind of yeah, yeah. He had Colorado. that top the top five. Um, had Tulane, uh, Texas State, um, Tulsa, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and San Diego State as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he definitely had other interests. Um, but obviously Colorado was basically doing a culling of their entire commitment <laughs> list, yeah. trying to flip that roster. So I do think he is um, what you would consider more of a, a power five player that kind of slipped through the cracks just based off of his size and how he moves. Yeah. He's not just, he, you can see he's not a slug or anything. He, he's, he's moving. And I'm sure. And, and one thing I've always heard um, from college coaches is that when you get kids out of Texas, they're a lot closer to finished products in terms of technique and things like that um, than, say, a kid out of Florida because uh, they pay coaches a lot more in Texas, so the coaching is <laughs> a little bit better there. Uh, so these are guys that can come in and play a little quicker. Now, maybe his ceiling's not quite as high as, as, a, as a raw, more raw guy, but he's a big dude that might be able to come in and, and contribute in his first couple of seasons on campus. I mean, he's, <laughs> he seems to have the size. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, Buddy is uh, freaking massive, uh, for sure. This and is a six. This is a is six. This is a seven offensive lineman. At least, if you're counting, if you're counting walk-ons, it's it's got to be at least thirteen to fourteen as well. And that's, that's the other problem. thing. That's the other thing. Recently, they've gotten some nice. Before we kind of get to the guys that are still after, and we may see tomorrow. They've gotten some nice PWO kids in too, which yeah. is really important. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of those seem to be local kids. I know they got a receiver from the Fort Myers area, right? And then yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a Smith. I, I receive a, a you got a PWO receiver that's running ten nine in the hundred meters. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's so, out of uh, Lehigh Senior in Fort Myers. It looks like. Um, yes. So they, kept, I mean, they called him an athlete. So he must be a. A two-way player as well. Yeah, but if you if you can get that kind of speed, and that's the one thing, and we'll talk about that. I think as we transition into what they're looking at tomorrow, this staff definitely likes verified speed. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen them offer a ton of guys that run track, um, and there's one. And we'll, when when we put his highlights up, he looks like he's moving in uh, fast forward, and everybody else is in slow motion. <laughs> so yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get to him in a second, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it on, on the guys that have committed recently. Yeah, you have the other preferred walk-ons as well. I don't know if you want to go into those. Yeah, uh, bring them up. Um, so you got the Ryan Warren, offensive lineman from Zephyr Hills Christian. So that's more of a local guy. Um, and then you got Cole Dillon. The, it looks like he's a DB. He's listed as a safety out of Cardinal Newman. Cardinal Newman. Um, it looks like he had, um, according to 247, he had seven or eight preferred walk-on 
options and he decided to stick with USF. Um, I know the previous staff was interested in, in him as well. Um, so it looks like he stuck, stuck through it and was able to get that spot. Perfect. Um, let's uh, transition to, to tomorrow. Uh, you know, 12 hours away here. Let's, I, I wanted to, who are you most excited about? And then uh, like, who are you like, you absolutely think your confidence is like eight and a half or higher on this guy is for sure committing tomorrow to the bulls. Sean, who who's, who's the top guy on your list? Um, when it, in that criteria, Oh, it's close. Um, I would probably say the quarterback that Israel Carter out of Centennial. I would probably go with him. Um, he has been posting a lot of USF stuff on his Instagram. Um, even after his visit, he was still posting stuff. And he is he is pretty legit. Yeah, we've got his film on right here. I, when I first threw it on, uh, it took about four plays. I'm like, okay, this guy has got something. Uh, Arizona State commit for a long time, right? The staff turnover seems like he got slow played or kind of almost even no played by the new staff. Um, my guess, and you can tell me what you think. My guess is he's listed at six one. My guess is he's under six feet tall. Do you Man, think that's that? Would you think that might be the case? Because I don't know why. You you can see here. He's a guy that split time in high school, it seemed like, with another quarterback, um, but put up really good numbers. I think he had, like, really low interception numbers, high touchdown totals. You see here, dude is athletic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Buddy is scooting. Yeah. I mean, he's athletic. He throws a, he throws a nice ball. It's um, I put today in the Discord, just kind of doing more investigation on him, on three has him listed as the number 20 quarterback in the country. Mm-hmm. Um better higher than FSU's quarterback commit and higher than Miami's quarterback commit. So according to on three, if he commits tomorrow, uh, USF has the highest rated quarterback commit in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, <laughs> you can see how this guy might be uh, uh fun. I, I, it definitely seems like, um, well, like Gabriel was a decent runner when Golish was at UCF. Mm-hmm. Having that running element from hooker, I think has really opened some stuff up to him and his eyes. So he, I think he likes to find those dual threat guys. It, it seems that's what he's been looking for in the recruiting. Right. Um, and he definitely found it with this guy. If they get him signed in, uh, that would, I would think, watch this here. Just catching the running back there. Like, uh, <clears throat> this dude is. I mean, he's he's a dude. So I to kind of find him, have him kind of on the radar and close this thing pretty quick. And, Sean, you feel pretty confident that they're going to close this one. It definitely seems like it. And I know there's even been a crystal ball for him. Not crazy high confidence, but he was crystal ball to USF, I believe, too, right? Yeah, it was one of the one of the 247 West Coast guys that I'm sure follows him. Um yeah, I, I think that it, it definitely seems like just looking at their board on 247 that they're really trying to go after Rashada, Jaden Rashada, the Florida yeah. one-time signee. And I think at least what they think 
they're trying to process him out to kind of um, give Rashada the, you know, the inside track and, and getting that um, quarterback role over there. Cause I'm sure he needs some assurances to, to go over to Arizona state. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely seems like, um, I, I I think they might have thought he was going to sign in the first period, and when he didn't, um, he said something to the effect of, "No, I haven't had an in-home visit yet. I want to wait till my in-home visit with the new staff." He's like, "I've met them; they're nice, but I want them to visit me," and I don't know that that's ever happened. So it definitely seems like they're kind of moved off him for whatever reason, but. You can see here the guy can play. Uh, I, I wonder if he's a little smaller than he's listed, but still, mm-hmm. especially in this conference, we've seen guys that aren't the tallest dudes that are athletic and can can move be really productive quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, you yep. you can see it even watching <clears throat> Alabama. Um, you know, they've had a, a run of sub six foot quarterbacks and they've made it work so yeah bryce is no, bryce is no behemoth that's for sure yeah him and Tua. <laughs> yeah absolutely and it, the what was kind of dawned on me watching these highlights and and maybe you guys have kind of felt the same especially for gullish kind of finding that other gear in his offense with the running element with Hendon Hooker it's this is literally like the same offense I would run in NCAA 14 like I would run it spread it out have a fast quarterback I would never recruit a pocket passer ever just for the element and he's just taking that approach and put it into real life and it freaking works and I think we're we're definitely seeing that happen more and more as college football goes that route I think pocket passers like you know I think Unless you're literally Tom Brady, you're 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 DOA. If you can't move around in the pocket and get you five, six, seven yards, even just at the threat of it, you're you it just you won't be as successful. I think you see it. I mean, shit. Even Brock Purdy was pretty mobile uh, in the NFL when everybody thought, he, yeah, he was athletic, he was fine, but didn't expect him to be this athletic and mobile. Joe Burrow can still get you five, six, seven yards on a, on a scramble. And it just opens up an entire offense, an entire different playbook, especially at this level when tackling is um, less than ideal and not great, that you get someone who's mobile and can make a guy miss and instead of a sack or a two-yard gain, it turns into 25 or a 70-yard touchdown run. Yeah, and we saw that a little bit with Timmy McLean, but he's <clears throat> not anywhere near as polished as uh, this is Israel Carter we're talking about. So um, he seems a little bit more polished. I don't know if he is. It's, he's you know these are all high school highlights, but uh, like I said, he's he's been some recruiting services see him as a really big time player. So to kind of get him uh, to get him you know, this late and kind of find him. I think they offered him at the end of like December 28th or something like that. And to get him on campus and it sure seems like they're crushing these visits. Sean, have you heard anything about like just the visits? Cause they have seemingly a pretty high official visit to commit or sign ratio right now. Yeah. They've, they've definitely been, it seems like they've been pretty good on that. It's also hard to tell who exactly is on campus um, but it seems like the guys that leak out that they're saying, Hey, this guy was on campus and 
every time we hear that, it seems like they definitely have USF at the top. Um, most of them, at least. Yeah. Um, I have heard that um, there's rumors out there that his um, his visit process, the entire you know visit, how it how it's operated and everything is a lot smoother than the previous staff. Um, so I, I guess that is a good sign going forward with him. Um, because I know a lot of people, even when Jeff Scott was here, said that he ran it pretty well. So if you're taking any steps even further beyond that, I, I, that's probably a good sign. Agreed. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So I've talked to this, gosh, this must've been 2017, 2018. I was talking to Charlie strong at the time. And uh, so he was head coach still. And there was, the, I mean, still the ongoing debate about whether the OCS or the IPF was more important. Uh, and he flat out said, I need something to show the recruits right now. And the IPF, the indoor facility is most important because every other team recruiting against USF at the time was saying, uh, hey, go ask USF about their facility. And they'd say, coach, I, I was at their facilities. I no, 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 that's their, just their athletic department. Where's their facility? Where's their football facility? And like, oh, coach, they don't have one. Like that, that's the thing that I kind of harped on over the last five years is they need to get the IPF done. And once they've gotten it done and they've been able to utilize it and show off that they're actually moving in the right direction with this stuff, there's legitimate plans for the stadium as well. It, it, it really starts to help and kind of put a vision together instead of this abstract. Oh yeah, we're trying to do this and we're hoping to get this. Like there's an actual tangible, Hey, we've completed this project. Now we're moving on to the next project, which is the stadium. And by God, if we're not in by 2026, when you put your, your senior year or your redshirt senior year, or if you if you end up like Stanley Clairvaux and play seven years, you'll you'll be in the stadium. <laughs> so uh, it, that's the the biggest thing um, I think, as well as having the visits run smoothly. Is there's something tangible? You're not just showing them Ray J and putting on the green lights and it's all well and cool. There's actually something on campus that they can claim that's their own. And once the the OCS is done, at least when there's you know shovels in the ground, it, it's actually going to tap into something that USF hasn't been able to tap into in what we're going on 26 years at this point. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to translate into wins, but it can help. Well, they're definitely yeah. taking advantage. If you look at the junior days, it's all in the indoor, right? Like, or a majority of it. It's yeah. in the, they're, they're showing that thing off for sure. Yeah. They were definitely showing off the indoor showing off the the locker rooms i saw there were some pictures walking around the locker rooms um kids taking pictures you know four stars that are committed to tennessee taking pictures um so you know that's obviously impressive to them you know just based off what you see um them posting on twitter and everything like it's it's a good facility, but it's also, I would say, comparable to some of the top indoor facilities um, just because of how new it is. I mean, you, you could look at those pictures. I mean, it's like pearl white, those walls. It's just, yeah. it's nice. 
<clears throat> All right, let's talk about uh, what I think is maybe my favorite guy that may be signed tomorrow. Give us a rundown on Jaquan Smith while I get his film pulled up. Okay. Um, so he is listed as an athlete on most sites. Um, they see him probably as a slot receiver. Um, he's out of Cajon, California. Um, he's listed as a three-star, but as a high three-star, um, similar to Israel Carter. Um, and he has, uh, let's see, height uh, 5'10", 175. And most importantly, he ran a 10'500 meters. Mm-hmm. Yep. J- for reference, Jimmy Horn ran a 10'6". So if you want a reference to this guy's speed, this guy is crazy explosive. And you'll see here on the film, returning kicks. Um, he definitely gives you that element. Just think about the offense and how spread out and wide open it's going to be. And now he's your slot receiver. All right, are you putting a safety on him? Are you going to bump a linebacker out over top? This dude's legit. Like You see him outrunning angles here like it's nothing. The dude is crazy explosive. Um, to go into California and get both these guys would be just a coup, in my opinion. And it, 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 he seems pretty likely as well, doesn't he, Sean? Yeah, I would say he's. it's about the same as with Carter. It seems like they're both USF leans based off of what you see from crystal balls and stuff like that. Um, and obviously they both had their official visits. Um, they, they both seem to like it. Um, I mean, it, it seems like they are probably what I'd say are the top two most likely to, to commit. And they would be the top two high school commits, wouldn't they? Of the entire yes, class? for this class, they would. Yeah. So Jaquan Smith, his, his final three. So just for reference. So, uh, Israel Carter, you had, he what had been committed to Arizona state for a long time. So, Pac-12, Power 5 commit. Jaquan Smith's final three is, correct me if I'm wrong, Washington, Utah, and USF. Yep. Correct. Right. Yeah. Two teams that could have played in the – one did and the other could have played in the Rose Bowl last year in USF. That's a pretty good job identifying and finding these dudes and then doing a good job getting them on campus and selling them on division because if you get these guys in the boat, man, that's pretty big time in my opinion. I I mean, both these guys are uh, big-time athletes. The quarterback can play, and then this dude just crazy explosive, as you see on the yeah. highlight tape. Yeah, I, I put on his tape um, probably like a week ago, and I was like, wow, I can't believe this guy is, <laughs> yeah. is available because he – yeah, that speed is – it's nuts. Yeah. Now, there's, there's another guy that's visited. So those two have visited and, and – uh, we feel pretty good on them, or at least all signs all signs seem to be pointing mm. to those two guys signing with USF tomorrow. One guy that's really up in the air is the serial Riles from University Christian in Jacksonville. Mm. He visited USF, but he also visited ECU, and then Indiana got his last visit. Mm-hmm. What do you? Where do you think he's at? What would you kind of put a percentage at for him? I think was it, I think you might have posted in the Discord from like the 24 seven team sites or maybe somebody that mm-hmm. kind of each site, uh, the USF yeah. site didn't post anything on it, but the other two, Indiana and ECU site, both thought that 
they both felt like he may be coming to their schools, but didn't rule out any of the others. It was kind of, mm-hmm. uh, seems like it's really up in the air for him. Do you have any insight there? Yeah. How do you feel? I, going into the official visits, I had, I thought he would be a USF lean. And then going into those visits, it seemed like he really liked that ECU visit. Um, they like him as a tight end. Um, and then he's also be, being recruited, like you said, from Indiana and USF. It seems like they both want him as like an edge um, outside line, linebacker role. Um, but at this point, yeah, it just seems like all three schools are really confident that they're going to get him. Um the other two sites are saying that um, he isn't still isn't sure where he's going to go, but just um, following you know, the Twitter likes, which is something I do, um, and the Twitter follows, it definitely seems like the staff thinks they have a shot with him. So, and what is for those three guys? Do you do you know off the top of your head what is their? Um, what is the schedule they're announcing? I think Riles is at 9 a.m. Eastern, right? Yes. Um, right. Riles, then, 9 a.m. Israel Carter, 11 a.m. And then Jaquan Smith, 4.30. Okay. So we'll have a pretty good idea. And those have, uh, those guys, that didn't at one point they were going to commit later in the week, a couple of them, they all moved it up to signing day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe um, Riles moves his up a week, I believe. Um, he was going to commit on the, I believe it was commit on the second and then sign on the ninth or something like that. And he moved it up and now he's just signing. Um, and then, um, Jaquan Smith, he was going to sign on Thursday at seven 30. Um, and he moved that up to tomorrow at four 30. All right, so we can all watch out for those happening live. Are there any guys? Um, and those are kind of the three biggest ones. Perez was a guy that sitting out there, but he's already committed. Um, he's kind of a guy we thought might wait till signing day, but he's committed. Is there anybody out there? I know there have been a couple of names thrown out. Uh, I think Andrew Ivans threw out a couple of names. He's a pretty good follow if you're for Florida recruiting. Anybody that you're kind of maybe a surprise to jump in that kind of hasn't been talked about a ton until this week? Yeah, I have um, a couple names. So one that um, Andrew threw out is a DJ Holmes. He is a edge out of Pahokee High School. Um, it looks like he was rated as a four-star on on three. I'm not sure if it's been updated since then. Um, but on my on my spreadsheet, it has him as a four-star. Um he has uh, looks like 12 power five offers. Um, he's six, three, two 30. Um, I'm not sure if he's a backup plan, maybe if Riles goes elsewhere um, or if they would take both of them. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the scholarship count is um, if they have room for both of them, but it seems like he's a guy that is is a possible option. Okay. And what's the other name you've been hit or you've heard? And then there's, so there's another one that me and Steve have been following. There's a uh, Tyree Kelly. He's a wide receiver that's committed to coastal currently. 
Um, he isn't listed on any recruiting sites, so he is kind of difficult to find um, information on. Um, but he, he is committed to Coastal at the moment, um, and it seems like they're at least interested in that option. Um, so we'll see what happens there, as, as well as um, I'll throw in Devin Hyatt as well. Um, out of IMG, he still hasn't committed anywhere. Um, he was considered a Power 5 guy at one point. Um, I believe he was out of Louisiana or something like that before IMG. Um, he's brother to Jalen Hyatt, right? Jalen yeah. Hyatt, who played for Goalish at Tennessee, uh, his younger brother, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so there's obviously a, probably a good relationship there. Um, I'm not sure if he's signing or not, but he does seem like another – just, you know, throwing out some other names that are possibilities – is it it does seem like he's a possibility so nate what are, what, are, what are you gonna do if they sign a four-star receiver from img uh, so i mean honestly nothing would surprise me with the staff um honestly at this point like what again went on the field and at, at you know winning cures all but I mean, this transition class is, uh, it's going to be, it could, it could very well end up being one of the top, what, 50, 60 classes in the entire country when all things are said and done uh, tomorrow. If everything breaks exactly right for USF, yeah, I know based that's, on that's the a 20, big old if, on, but <laughs> based on the 24 seven class calculator, which I think might be off, but I, I think regardless, you're going to get a pretty good class with the overall, with the transfers they've added, with, uh, the high-end high school guys they've added because Carter and and Smith are both pretty high-end three-star, like borderline four-star guys. So that's a big yeah. time. So um, one thing I like too, by the way, um, is it seems like they're going pretty heavily into high school, um, considering they just took over. I know a lot of staffs that are just taking over, you know, a school. Um, they like to go transfer heavy try and get a, a good start per se. Um, it, it seems like they're doing it the right way in quotations, um, <laughs> taking in high school guys, getting them into the program, getting them into the, the weight room and everything. And, uh, and I think it'll, it'll have some, some benefits here in the next couple of years. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. The high school route, <clears throat> seems like the best way to build up a program. I think it, it's the quick fix, right? If you just go transfer portal, I think that's mm-hmm. what Jeff Scott kind of got lost in the sauce in that regard. But some of his best players were guys coming out of high school. You know, Donovan Jennings is still on the roster. Dustin Hall was a, a top-notch uh, offensive lineman who's now going to be at Duke. Uh, Brad Cecil was a high school kid. Xavier Weaver was a high school kid. Brian Batie, the list kind of goes on and on. And the impact transfer guys were kind of few and far between. You know, Jimmy Horn, I don't want to forget him as he goes off to Colorado. And wherever Weaver ends up, I, I think it's going to be Colorado. I think them teaming up together in Colorado just makes all the sense in the world. Um but your most impactful guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball, were high school recruits and getting them into the system, brainwashing them for all intents and purposes into the 
you know, hashtag USF way or whatever you want to call it, uh, straight out of straight out of high school. I think that's going to be a big benefit. And then you sprinkle in the transfers. He, he you know, goals did a good job of, you know, finding some impact guys who have, you know, multiple years left uh, to kind of impact the program going forward 2024, 2025. But yeah, go heavy high school and see where the chips might fall. I think we've had discussions uh, with some folks kind of around the program that they, they relied way too heavily on the transfers. Didn't let the, the the true freshmen, the high school kids, take their lumps and grow from there. They just kept trying to plug and play transfers, and it just never translated, obviously, into wins. Otherwise, Jeff Scott would still be here. Yeah, you you want to have you know as a coach, you want to have like the term bump class is is that second class, right? The the first full class, the second class, and why is that important? It's because that's going to be the class is starting to come of age when you're in like your third season, you know, your third season of coaching. Um, and that's when you kind of want those early recruits to be coming of age and kind of peaking uh, to tradition. Now, obviously time seems to be condensed a little bit more now, but um, I think it's still relevant. Like you want to sign guys that you can develop and then use the portal. I think the best strategy is the portal to fill holes in previous recruiting misses or, you know, if there's just a guy that comes along that uh, can really help your team out, you, you obviously take him. But to to rely on it solely is you just you're at mercy of other programs and the the whims of um, other people, or you're the whims of you know maybe somebody getting a good NIL offer. I, you got to kind of develop your your team, and and going through the high school ranks is the way to go. Sean, with that in mind, what have you thought kind of overall about um, the new staff in terms of recruiting and, and being on the trail? Is it um, seems to be a pretty good return so far? Or what? What are your thoughts on them, kind of as a staff, a recruiting staff, and what do you what have you liked from them so far that you've seen? Yeah, so they they definitely have a different philosophy on recruiting. It seems like um, they. Um, it, it seemed like they they spent a week, the first week out recruiting in the Bay Area. Then the second week, it seemed like they kind of went around Florida, some of the bigger schools, um, sent out a couple offers. Then they went to Georgia for a week. They they spent some time sending out some Georgia offers. Um, I mean, a lot of it we still have to wait and see as far as what's their priority. Um, are they going to prioritize a certain area? Are they going to prioritize, you know, with, with Jeff Scott, it was always culture. You know, we want to bring in the right culture. Do you want to go after culture guys? Do you want to go after size and speed guys? Um, you know, they've already gone into Texas. They've already gone into California. Um, or they're trying to go into California at least. Um, so it seems like they're just going after the guys they think will fit the system, um, which I, I think will probably have good returns. Um, obviously, you don't you want to see it on the field as well. Um, and we'll really see how this how this class comes together in the future. But um, yeah, it, it's hard to tell. But it, it seems like they're just going after, you know, height, weight, speed. 
um, guys that fell through the cracks at other schools, power five schools. Um, but it, it definitely seems like they're aggressive on the trail, which is something I questioned with the last staff. It seemed like with the last staff, a lot of times they would just wait and wait and see what happens. And we'd have a, you know, eight man class and they take a couple guys and then they go on the transfer portal and see what's in there. You know, I, I like to see the aggressiveness already have a couple 24 commits. Um, they've sent out a ton of offers for 24, 25, 26. They're definitely starting those relationships. Um, which, which is probably a good idea because I'm not sure how the relationships were with Scott towards the ends, considering you would have to think the high school coaches saw his reliance on the transfer portal to fill the gaps. You would think that that would, <clears throat> you know, get in their minds, but we'll, we'll see what happens there in the future. I, I want to kind of address uh, Mr. Clut. Uh, Seth, can you pull that? up and I'll, I'll read it. Are you yeah. guys uh, not going to talk about the lack of defensive players? So I was reading um, I can't remember what it was and forgive me um, but USF is returning I think eight of I think 11. It was the Ivans the Ivans piece. Ivans posted I think he re- talked about that. Re- returning like eight of their like 11 primary um, guys on defense next season. So here, here's the, the the I guess rock in the hard place, right? Like the defense was terrible. I think we can. I think terrible is probably a nice way to put it. They were atrocious, god awful, a complete abomination um, for what they did last season. See, it's but not hyperbole to say they were the worst defense in the country. It, they were quite literally one thirty one out of one thirty one. So, I think third thought process is all right. Well. Get a different different defense in a different scheme, different coach, a, a fresh start, a fresh slate after just two years of just atrocious play, three years really of just terrible defense. At some point, things have got to click in. Plus, you you did you you brought in some transfer guys, you brought some edge rushers in, you brought in uh, Jarvis Lee, the cornerback, you brought in uh, Tuffy Bort, uh, Bird from Dematha. So there is. Uh, some guys in, I do agree. They definitely went offense heavy uh, for this class. And I mean, screw it. If you know that your defense kind of sucks, you're going to have to outscore the opposing team anyway. So why not get as many electric guys as possible in and figure it out as you move along. Um, and, and I you think know, if you G5 look at level see, offense wins championships, right? Yeah. And you look and see where like your most attrition was this year and maybe next year, a lot of that's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, you've already seen a ton of receivers leave, so they had to replenish that. You had a you you know had I think four ended up getting the six year to Jennings, but last year going into last year, four of the five starters on the offensive line were seniors, right? And then mm-hmm. Dustin Hall transferred, so all five of your opening day starters theoretically could have gone. So you obviously want to put some investment into the offensive line area, uh, quarterback. Obviously, if if Mar- let's say Marsh is hurt, Marsh never gets healthy, and you know next year Bohannon graduates, well, if you didn't go out and get what you got, you would have had two scholarship quarterbacks on potentially on uh, the roster. So I think part of it is necessity. Um, but they did bring in some guys defensively in the portal. 
I think also they're counting on a little bit the scheme change, especially up front. I think that's where most people are um, concerned. Why didn't they bring in more up front? I think two things. And now it could just be that they weren't able to get the quality of guy they needed, so they didn't take it. And they're like Nate said, they're just going to say, well, you know what? Last year they were 30th in offense and 131st in defense. If we can get the defense to 100 and the offense to 10, how many more games can we win? That could be some of the calculus. Um, but the other part is when you're – I think they're going to be an odd front defense. So some of the guys you had playing end last year, like a Tremel Logan, he seems to have beefed up enough where he could play – he could play like the five tech. He could play like the guy over the tackle um, in the odd front. And so you don't mean, need quite as many, like, 350-pound dudes. You don't need as many of those if you're just going to play a zero nose. So if you're just going to play a guy over the center, well, maybe I have a, I have three guys that can go there. Well, maybe three is enough. Uh, but that will kind of remain to be seen. And the other thing is they're not while – they're, while they're in it for a few guys tomorrow, it's not like they're signing 25, 28 uh, you know, high school players, they're leaving a few, they're going to have some scholarships open, I believe, and go out and attack the spring portal as well. So they'll get a chance, I think, to see what they have on the roster in spring, see where they really need to add. And then kind of the the the, the part of that that we need to remember, I think, and it, it kind of got lost a little bit just because you get to the end of the year and the defense didn't seem to be great regardless of who was playing for most of the season. But you get to the end of the year, you're like, man, we don't have any depth here. Well, you also had like a ton of injuries. So you're, you're going to get, I think you're going to get improvement on the defense just because, you know, knock on wood, hopefully you're healthier there. Uh, you've got some guys that they, they expected to be really big contributors like Will Jones. Well, maybe he wasn't ready to come off that ACL in one year. You know, maybe two years off of it, he'll perform a lot better and be the guy they thought he was going to be when they talked about him being the best player on the defense two years ago and even a little bit last year, right? So maybe just health will, will help them out a little bit there. But like uh, like Sour Apples is here, they don't need to be great. They just if, they, if you can get to mediocre, you're probably having a really successful season. Yeah, and I wanted to point out too, because I have been getting a lot of questions on Twitter, message boards, and stuff like that. Um you know, why aren't they going after the defense? You know, the the issues were on the defense. We had this, you know, pretty good offense comparatively. But you got to remember, you lost Petit, you lost Weaver, you lost Horn, you lost a couple of depth, depth pieces and Dollison. You know, you have two injured quarterbacks. You lost, I believe, four or five off- offensive linemen. So, you know, they were a good unit last year but they're also almost all gone so you do have to still rebuild that unit um the defense yeah i think they still could take a couple pieces on the defense um i know a lot of people have questions about the defensive line um they probably will have to get those nose tackles probably to gain a good 10 15 pounds um probably bags Cheney, whoever is going to be in that spot, um, because they are, you know, 290 to 295 right now. And you do want them a little bit, a little bit heavier than that. Um, but they do have the numbers on defense. You just want to see the improvement there. Um, 
you know, they, they lost a couple pretty good linebackers, but they've brought in a, a few, a few linebackers out, outside long linebackers to replace them. Um, so, I mean, if you look at the numbers, I have, I have posted the numbers out there a couple of times, you know, they do have the numbers that they need on defense. They just need to, they need to produce better. They need to tackle better. You know, you, you just got to take the guys that you have, especially taking over a brand new team. Um, you just got to see the pieces, how they work together. If you need to go into the portal after the spring, you can always do that. Um, and, you know, you'll know where the issues are and you can you can address those going into next year. And I think you've got the scholarship count. What is how many do they have right now before signing it tomorrow? I know you have kind of a range of or where you think. Yeah, so I have a range because um, there is a couple guys that we're not 100 percent sure on. Mm. You got Atkins, who originally was a walk on. He was placed on a one year scholarship but we don't know if that was renewed. Um, so I have between three and six scholarship spots. Um, it's probably somewhere between four and five. And I'd imagine they take, you know, probably three guys here. So they'll have a couple spots to play with. And I'm sure some guys will transfer yeah. out after the, the spring ball. Once they see, Hey, there's a new, you know, there's a new staff that came in and I'm still stuck in the depth chart and they'll decide to go elsewhere and, you know, you can replace them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we kind of wind down and, and we'll, uh, I will say we'll have uh, a full recap uh, tomorrow night as well. We're, we're full out on this thing where we've, we've had it kind of covered for the last month and a half uh since uh early signing day we'll have it covered for national signing day tomorrow uh final thoughts uh, you know we, we mentioned three or four guys that are possibilities uh jaquan smith uh izzy carter sarah riles uh, a couple maybe um reach candidates what uh, i'll ask this question and we can get out of here what's a successful day for you guys um tomorrow hitting on one of three hitting on two or three all of them what 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 do you want to see from from this staff to kind of propel this uh program forward as we uh you know we're we're basically starting tomorrow basically a month out from uh spring ball um so i would say successful would be landing smith and carter i think getting someone else a you know what you can call a surprise um i would say that would be over the top and that would be a great day but i would say smith and carter um that would be that would be what i would you know be hoping for going into tomorrow yeah, I I remember we're, when we were talking like four weeks ago, we were thinking, yeah, it's going to be a quiet, it's going to be a really quiet signing day in February. They're probably going to take many guys, but uh, they ended up really cranking it up. I thought it was a big success just to get some of these guys on campus, get them on officials, kind of turn these around really fast. So I think um, nobody wants to hear that, but I think they've already been somewhat successful. Um, if they sign one of the three tomorrow that we talked about, one of – Carter, Smith, and Riles, I'd feel pretty good. If they signed both Carter and Smith, I, I think I'd feel really good about uh, 
where this class finished because those would be your two highest high school guys kind of coming on within the last month out of nowhere. You go and kind of snag them out of California. That would be a great sign for the future, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. I think two of the three is probably um, it's just a great day. Anything extra is just absolute gravy and um, a good sign for the future, at least again, got to win on the field. Uh, but it starts with recruiting and it honestly ends with recruiting. But boy, howdy, win some freaking games and uh, nobody will uh, bad an eye if you if you miss out on one of these guys. Um, just win games, have fun doing it, be exciting on offense, be not 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 more atrocious on defense not last hashtag literally hashtag not last on defense and you've got a fun team heading into 2023 with the pieces that are coming in and pieces that are coming back um but with that sean i appreciate you jumping on um it was uh great to have you your insight uh you've been a, a fantastic addition uh to the depth chart for us and uh, excited for it once again guys make sure you follow us on twitch yeah i'm sure you guys are if you're tuning in listening you probably already do but if you're not follow us on twitch send us a screenshot of you following us you get into the discord for free through fall camp and the recruiting notes that we're getting the inside stuff we get from the other sports you're not going to get it literally anywhere else make sure you do that it's all for free for now and uh man we're yeah. we're 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 getting there we're getting there heath like get, get in the discord i sean and steve have had some of these names like two weeks before they commit uh way before you see them anywhere else uh, i know we we had a few names in the discord uh just going to, around and looking at some of the other paid sites didn't even have them until like a week and a half after sean put them up in the discord so we're we're kind of on Sean, Sean's got us on the cutting edge here of USF recruiting. So if you want that, if that's what you're interested in with your subscription, uh, join us in the Discord right now. It's free, uh, and you could be privy to a lot of good info. And we've also got guys like the Live Oak in there who does a lot of great stuff regarding the school and some of the process. And it will probably be a great resource as we get towards on-campus stadium things. Um, and and then you've got your TDS crew from that's been around for a while. So Absolutely. a lot of fun. We've got a lot of great channels, a lot of different different things to talk about in there, not just sports. So a good little community brewing. So join us there on Discord. It's a lot of fun, and we've got really good info. Absolutely. Again, Sean, I appreciate you coming on, Thank you. Uh, sharing your insights. Seth, as always, you do a bang-up job. Love you, buddy. Uh, and Listen, I mean the Discord is is it's legit. The info's legit and Andrew wouldn't lie to you. Hey, uh, Andrew definitely wouldn't lie to you. It's um the best way to kill your day while at work. Um we've got we had uh Royal Rumble stuff over the weekend in a Discord, music, games, food, travel. We have a travel channel. It's not just USF football, it's literally where a community comes to talk and figure out what to do, where to where go. Where to get a brunch where to get brunch, best brunch places, um, food recs, drink recommendations, um, everything. It's all in one Discord channel, and and you're getting it for free right now. Um, Best place to do it. But, again, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Seth, thank you again. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow, probably about the same time, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard. But with that, 
Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Bloom Naughty Podcast. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.